Hey guys, this is Lorraine Sink from Marvel.com, and you're listening to Mighty Marvel Geeks. USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. (laughs) It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced people, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. Welcome to another episode, issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. Forgot which show for a second I was doing. It is Mike and Kylan. Uh, Eric, I think, is out working with the Civil Air Patrol this, yes. this week. One of, those, one of those training missions. Training for who? Well, you know... Because you got to remember, Eric's a freaking genius. He is a freaking genius. I, I I don't know. I mean, we would think it was S.H.I.E.L.D.-related, but... You're, you're the mechanic who thinks he's MacGyver. He's the freaking <laughs> genius, and I just dropped the mic. I'm Mike who drops the mic. That's right. Hey, we, we, we didn't get the hell of bus until I came on, so you know. True. They just call me Boom because I have my own theme song. <laughs> but see, Boom is like the perfect name for like the like the leader of the team. Yeah. Oh, of Boom. course, because we have our own theme song. Yes, we do. Yeah, you know. I, I, here, I mean, just... here comes the Boom. Here. I, I'm not saying, but I'm saying. You know what? Maybe I should. Maybe I should have told uh, Natasha that a couple of weeks ago. Mm. What? That you were boom? No, no, that, that, that I, no, that I have a theme song. What, MacGyver? She would laugh well, at you. She, she would have. She, 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 she's not taking any calls right now, anyway. So because yeah. she, she's around to tell you. Well, you know, I could kill you with a with a pee. That's a vegetable pea, yes. or a piece of corn. So, and you're right. You know that those those people from the red room—they're nothing to mess with. Yep. Well, speaking of nothing to mess with, let's get right off the bat and go right into uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield. Yes. Uh, this week's episode was uh, Uprising, uh, episode three or four. It's episode Two. three. Ah, no. Three? three. Is it three? Yep. Episode yeah, three. Yeah. Season yeah, four, yeah. episode three. Uprising. You're right. Um, so we we see Agent May is not doing well. Um, not well they're, at all. They're heading uh, her. They have her on a 
Quinjet heading up. They said upstate New York. Yeah. Um, and but uh, Simmons is catching up with them to taking them to another location. Yeah. Um. So that that's one storyline we have is we're still saving saving uh, May. Another storyline is uh, this, the Watchdogs are are getting a little more action. Yeah, and, and they're they're it's almost like witch dogs or witch hunt, however you want to call it, because they're hunting down inhumans. Hey, you know, did you ever think? That the watchdogs would have such a significant role on, like, in any Marvel property. I mean, like in the comics, they do. They pop up from time to time. But I, I think it was sheer genius that somebody saw the opportunity to take this fringe group and bring them out as part of the human resistance to the Inhumans. Right. Well, I, I love it. Uh, the EMP thing that they have is is pretty cool, mm-hmm. but um, how did they know Yo Yo was at the one hotel? Because they they specifically state, well, I guess they're they're tying in the registration, and she brings up a good point. She goes, "I thought the registration was supposed to protect people like us," and that means there's a there's a mole somewhere. And, and to quote Austin Powers. Sorry, had to do it. Had to do it. Um. So, right near the end, um, I guess here here's some things we take away from from uprising. Uh, one, we got the Inhuman Resistance. So Hydra, Hydra's kind of taking a back seat. Uh, this season, which is okay. I think we were all getting a little tired of Hydra over the last right. two seasons. Uh, right. Me, personally, I was. Um, I'm glad to see that we're dealing with Watchdog, especially with uh, Ghost Rider as well. Right. Um, but then we come and find out that Senator Rhoda Nader is the mm-hmm. one calling the shots for the Watchdogs. Yeah. Which was... Um, which was intriguing, even though she comes out on TV as if she's she's not. Yeah. Well, well, you know she that 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 whole little creepy final scene. Yeah. Um. Apparently, the the figure we see is her brother. Yeah, it's her his death that. Um. Launched Nader, and of course Nader is a character. Nader's a character original for the show, right. um, but is bringing her down a path to distrust in humans. So it'd be it'd be cool to see what happens uh, because yeah. what what happens if uh, her brother hasn't completed his terragenesis yet? Because that's all of. You know, she thinks he's dead, but you know that's that cocoon state that we've seen right, before uh, in the past. That's true. I don't know. We we may end up with another lash on our hands or something yeah. worse. So, so this could be entertaining. That 
Now, here's a storyline of Nader being so hell-bent on stopping them, stopping the Inhumans, only to find out her brother has become one. That, That's true. <laughs> um, now, getting back to Agent May, you know, when they do the scan of, um, of May's brain mm-hmm. to, to save her from the ghost sickness. Mm-hmm. Didn't Radcliffe's holographs look eerily similar to Stark's? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Appar- apparently, um, we're introduced to this new tech uh, in, the, in the terms of holograms. And that it, it was just so crisp and clear and so detailed that they would make Stark jealous. <laughs> but uh, it'd be curious to to say um, how much of that did he possibly borrow from from Stark to begin with, right? Um, and then, of course, they you know, they come to the conclusion the only way that they could cure May because they discover is the fear factor that they're of uh, the brain that they're messing with. Mm-hmm. The only way they could kill May it, to cure May is to kill May. Mm-hmm. And then just as they do it, the city they're in is hit with the EMP blast. But Ratcliffe has a cure for that. And he goes and gets the power source that's in a magnetically protected casing mm-hmm. um, that powers his LMD. Right. Uh, and uses it to power the def- the the paddles to to bring May back to life. Right. So um so yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be curious to see how things get with with the with this whole ghost thing as we get closer to Doctor Strange. Right. It's uh, you know the thing is there, no, and we were talking about this, uh, especially after the season premiere. How uh, Simmons fits in Simmons? They they want the science, the heck right. out of everything, and and they're trying to make this look like this is a science thing, and we know that it's not a science thing. So I'm just waiting to see Simmons. Oh no, no, no! no. They're they're science to this. The science of ghostology. <laughs> well, there, 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 there is a sign that there is there are certain people who, within that discipline, do take a scientific approach. And that's me speaking as a paranormal investigator. Me and uh, the people on my team, we do take a scientific approach, but I've never run into somebody that actually... We, we don't have equipment to read somebody's brain, so, See, you know. So you're, you're telling me you're going to keep a scientific approach until Slimer comes and slimes your butt? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that'll be it, and after that, I'll just be mad. <laughs> Yo. Well, I, I love how the show ended. You know, with uh, Coulson and and Mace um, discussing about, or, you know, Coulson says you need to introduce Shield now. Mm-hmm. Oh, but we're not ready. We, and then he brings up the Fury quote. 
um, basically, sometimes you just got to say, screw it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, to be and, blunt. And I, I like Mace. And, and the thing is, Mace reminds me of that traditional version of Captain America. Even though he's inhuman, he acts more like the Human Torch android. Yeah. That I wish they would turn him into. Mm-hmm. Who, I guess, does become Patriot still later down the road. Mm-hmm. I'd rather almost see that than the Inhuman they have him as. But, um, but no, it, it's, 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 I, I love it at the end how, with some encouragement of the, pre, the president, um, Mace comes out and says, uh, it was not an inhuman attack. It was a domestic terror group that did it to frame the inhumans. Mm-hmm. And there is an organization that helped bring them down that's coming back. And let me reintroduce you to S.H.I.E.L.D. And I hate the logo that was up on the wall. Yeah. You, you mean like the with the uh, outspread wings? No, that part was fine because that's kind of the logo now. It's the whole, the stars around it, and the letters are so big, and the blue yeah. field, and then the yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's hard to be it, humble. It, it, I know. <laughs> I, I I like it when a spy organization is a spy organization and not. A propaganda machine, and it yeah. seems like when when it seems like when Shield is is public, it becomes a propaganda machine. Yeah, I, I like it best when Shield is private and people don't know about it. But you know, right? Well, I guess we can move on and yeah. discuss a little bit more TV. With him? Um, oh. Well, there, I guess there's some backlash. Uh, there is some backlash. Uh, uh, well, as we uh, we all remember or know, last week uh, we got uh, we got some concrete footage in the in the form of a uh, teaser trailer for Iron Fist, which apparently has kicked up some. Uh, underlying ill will or ill feelings about Finn Jones being uh, cast as Danny Rand uh, because there are people who feel that uh, because the the Asian actor demographic is underrepresented but didn't we yes didn't we kind of say that was going to happen we, we did. We called it. We called it. And so there are people who feel like Iron Fist is made for an Asian character. And, okay, and I, I'm just going, I'm going to warn you guys right now. Uh, if you don't, if you have, if you feel a certain way about this character or if you feel like that you're in agreement with this, and that's great. We want you to have your own opinions, but the next several minutes, 
you might not want to hear what at least what I have to say about it. Because this is how I feel on the matter. So strap those seatbelts really tight and yeah. Uh, see, here's the thing. Danny Rand, like Luke Cage, is he, he's an iconic character. And unlike so many other characters where, you know, somebody just happens to be black or just happens to be white or whatever, this is a case where Iron Fist, the, the, the race matters because Danny Rand is an outsider, okay? He is. When he is brought to Kunlun... Or I don't know if they may, they may call it Kunlun uh, right. in the series, but we'll find out brought, March seventeenth. We'll, 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 we will March seventeenth. I am counting down already. But when he's brought into that world, I, I, I could I could tell you had your My Little Pony calendar already labeled. Your, I do your, your day by day calendar. I, I do, you know, and it's like, and, and I and I got a little heart set. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't believe it just said that. But, <laughs> Danny is an outsider and when he's brought into the, the brought over to Kunlun, he is even more so an outsider there. When you read the original story, you will see how that that that's integral to the formation of the hero that he becomes. And then when he when he finally crosses over from Kunlun back to this world, um, he's even more so an outsider because you know he has spent ten plus years living among a a, a completely different culture, and so then he doesn't know how to operate within this world. So right. he's a, he's a foreigner. Even in his homeland, so he's he grows up as an outsider, and then once he comes back, he's even more so an outsider. And the thing is, on one point, he's an outsider because of his race, but then he comes back and he's an outsider because of who he is. That's integral to who Danny Rand is. But the, and, the sad part is, it's carrying over into real life as well. It, it really is. And I here's, and I'm okay. I'm just gonna say it. There's a fine line between genius and madness. Uh, genius and madness, and and uh, and um, cultural appropriation, as some people call it, and cultural pandering. Yeah, I said it. And I think that just because somebody's a martial artist doesn't mean that they, that makes them automatically Asian. I have a problem with that. I do. And and I think that that's short-sighted, and that's not to take away from – that's not to say that Asian actors are underrepresented. But at the same time, you don't just automatically say, hey, this is perfect for an Asian actor. Why don't we, why don't we make him a martial artist? Because you know what? Every other action movie and action series has a bunch of Asian actors as martial artists. Um, yeah. That and that is unfair to the actors themselves, and it's also unfair to 
a story where somebody's race, although understated, is still integral to who the character is. I said it. You know where I am. Send the emails to me. I don't care. There is a fine line between genius and madness. <laughs> Thank you, Wilson. Well, I mean, it's th- this. This is not kung fu, where no. Bruce Lee got hosed. No, it's not. It, Perfect it's, example, dude. I love that. Hey, I I do that thing. <laughs> I mean, that was good. That is good. I mean, it was written for and by Bruce Lee. Yep. For him to star in it, and they end up casting mm-hmm. David Carradine. Mm-hmm. That is a perfect example of w- what would have happened. Yep. This is not the case. Mm-mm. Danny Rand is, you know, what's my call? He's a white guy to begin with. Yep. So, yeah, it's. And to be fair, it looks like we're getting uh, Shang-Chi, who is Chinese, so there. I don't know, that might be, that might not be enough. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to see. Well, whether we have enough or not, um, how about Kevin Feige... Um, talks about the build up to the Avengers Infinity War which is Avengers 3 and kind of teases something else as well Um, there are five movies coming between now and the 2018 release of Infinity War Uh, first comes Doctor Strange which hits in about three weeks November 4th that's three weeks right right today's yeah, one, two, yeah, about three weeks. And then we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I, I gotta say thank you to Dale from the DCast podcast um, for having me on. Because we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 briefly. Will Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 have the same feel as Empire Strikes Back? Oh. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Wow. And, and f- the opinion we get from the peanut gallery is. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, of course, we also got Spider Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, and the Pink Panther. I mean, Black Panther. Yeah, that's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one, one goes da da na 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 Whereas the other one goes da na da na with heavy bass and wah wah pedal. There you go. And Figgy laments with 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 a laugh, and people are already asking them. For the next five-year plan, um, it's like, well, we gotta get through the other stuff first. <laughs> but I'm sure they're already thinking about the next five-year plan. Well, yeah, um, I mean, 
So looking ahead, um, when Tony Stark and the Stark Industries in the world of that first movie was the definition of the cinematic universe. Question is, how do you bring in a soldier from World War II, a god from a whole other planet, um, and introduce flying aircraft carriers into that? And that was the challenge. Now, particularly after Avengers and Guardians, and after this movie, the sky's the limit with where we could go, he told a Doctor Strange sneak pre... He told um, IGN at a Doctor Strange sneak peek event. Uh, the Avengers have brought f- together, ha- have been brought together multiple times. Uh, first in 2012, then in 2015. Uh, most recently with uh, Civil War this year. Um, and the next steps, just making sure that there's still the, that all the new pieces are going to be added to the mix. Now, of course, we're talking Captain Marvel, Strange, and whatever new adventures are introduced in the next two years. Right. So I'm sure we'll see more Panther as well. Right. Um, of Doctor Strange's powerful magical abilities balancing off with the rest of the Avengers, Feige said he's not all powerful. Without giving too much away, he's not an expert when he faces off against things he has to face off with in this movie even toward the end of the movie. So there's a learning curve for him, which is always fun for all the heroes. And they face a pretty du- pretty tough dude in the next Avengers movie. Okay. Um, Feige also talked about making each of the standalone Avenger film worlds feel like they're all part of the same, same whole. Using Wakanda, which was introduced at the end of Civil War, as an example. Uh, we promised Ryan Cooler we wouldn't show him too much, which is why it's misty at the end. We didn't want him to lock into it. All of that, I think, is going to integrate integrate really easily and nicely now that audiences seems to accept that they are about that they all inhibit the same universe. Um, he goes, strangest places in that universe, which Wong defined as Avengers do this, we do this. <laughs> okay. Um, bringing it all together in these movies, including Captain Marvel, uh, which Feige calls the most powerful cover, powerful character that Marvel has ever introduced, will be an act of balancing their strengths and weaknesses against one each other, each one against the, another, like the Russo brothers did with Civil War. Now, um, at the end of this. Uh, it says the fun the fun about these two movies that we're doing essentially at the same time is everybody's there and does that everybody include TV characters as well like the Defenders all Feige would say is spoilers hmm so with spoilers where do we go uh, well, you know, I, I, I don't know, dude. I mean, do you think? I mean, because they've done this before, you know, where they they kind of tease and kind of hit. Uh, if I, I, it, I would say, if they're going to include the TV characters, mm-hmm. then these movies leading up to Avengers: Affinity War 
needs to recognize the characters from the TV shows, be it Netflix, streaming, or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. One or the other. Especially if they're considering following through and making Jeffrey Mace the Patriot. Yes. So, uh, do we have a chance? I don't know. Spoilers to spoilers. I mean, what what do you say? I. I mean, it's just one word. It is, but you know, you wonder because uh, you know that how how many of us are, have been asking for this? You know, we've oh, been asking. We, we've been asking, just like um, what's her name who plays Daisy, Chloe Bennett. We've been asking, why isn't there more show references, or the the small screen references made on the big screen? Right. I mean, come on. Acknowledge it. Especially now that S.H.I.E.L.D. is being reintroduced. Right. If you're going to have the director on the... If you're going to refer to the director on the big screen, you need to have Jeffrey Mace on the big screen. Exactly. Again, how long has, you know, with Civil War, with um, Age of Ultron, if the commands are coming from S.H.I.E.L.D., how do they not know that Coulson's alive and running S.H.I.E.L.D. at that time? Exactly. I don't know. But we're just going to have to wait to see what comes and what gets revealed in Doctor Strange. Right. And um, speaking of, uh, it, it looks like we might have gotten an interesting revelation in Doctor Strange already. Uh, so it looks like that uh, they may have hinted because we really we still don't know who the big bad is, right? Um, I think you know there's well we do know that Baron Mordo is in it. Uh, but we don't know he hasn't been described as a villain but we do know that he ends up being a thorn in Doctor Strange's side at some point Uh, but it looks like that they may have just revealed Dormammu ooh yeah Yeah. Um, so it looks like Marvel uh, Marvel Studios hosted a special IMAX screening uh Around the world, with the, uh, around the country, featuring about 15 minutes of the movie. Um, now, most of the material centered on characters that we'd seen in the trailers and TV spots. Uh, but it looks like uh, that there is a scene where Doctor Strange is facing off against someone that looks a lot like. Dormammu. The character awesome. was only rep- the character was only represented with, as a fifty foot head, but the head looked an awful lot like the one that Steve Ditko uh, drew when he was co-creating the character with Stan Lee back in the early sixties. Wow! This is coming. Yeah, this is coming from an article uh, that was on, um, I believe, it was Screen Rant. So yeah. Uh, so you know the thing is, there. 
now, fo- fo- now, apparently, following the 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 show, the showing, uh, Scott Derrickson uh, was interviewed uh, with a group of other reporters talking about the movie, and the subject of Dormammu came up. Unfortunately, Derrickson would neither confirm nor deny. Of course, <laughs> you know that that's who we saw. Uh, so more, more or less, it came along lines of I believe he said, "I'll never tell. All you get is what you see." So, issue one hundred and forty, we cannot confirm or deny the issue at hand. Yes, or we so, cannot confirm or deny the the issue. <laughs> <laughs> so that, there you go. So we got our we got our title, and we have. Something to look forward to. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to Doctor Strange anyway. But if we're getting Dormammu, wait, hold on. Let's back this up a little bit. But let's just back this train up a little bit because you remember last week or maybe t- uh, two or three weeks ago when we were talking about what this could mean for Agents of Shield. If in the movie, if if who we get is Dormammu, does that make make us want to double down? That we're going to look at, that we're looking at Mephisto in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I think there's been talks. Well, we we also talked about, I think it was last week, what villains would we want to see on, on the Defenders? Yes, we did. Well, thanks to Brian LeClert. Le- I believe I don't hold me to um, to that pronunciation and I apologize if I butchered your name he goes uh, Mary Typhoid as a possibility for Sigourney Weaver mm-hmm. good call actually I think that, it's a great call I don't think we she, thought about that no, we we didn't. But she's usually, and thing is, she's usually a uh, a Punisher villain. Well, Punisher is going to be in the Defenders. Yeah, it could yeah. It, it could work. It could. Well, the the question is, will Captain Marvel be an origin story? Uh, so this brings, um. Feige back into the mix. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's issue 140. We cannot confirm or deny the Feige. <laughs> um, Cinema Blend asked Kevin Feige uh, how the company was viewing origin stories in phase three. And the executive producer revealed a very interesting detail about the Captain Marvel movie slated for 2019. Black Panther is not really an origin story since we saw him already in Civil War, but his standalone certainly introduces you to 99% of his world that you never saw. And Captain Marvel is certainly an origin. It's an origin story from the start. Really? So, are we going to see... When she's exposed to an explosive alien device that changes her, the core of her DNA. Um, I mean, I, which way do we go with this origin? 
I mean, because there's kind of a couple different paths from from the comics. Are they going to stick true to the comics? Or are they going to are they going to butcher it slightly? Don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, but we got three years before it comes out. Do you now? We'll see. Now this completely messes with a theory that I had because I was certain that we were going to at least get some kind of hint of of Carol Danvers in Guardians, maybe by Guardians three. We still could in an end credit scene, but the, the question is: Do we really need an origin? I mean, does it need? Does the whole movie need to be a Batman Begins, or can they just get away with just? Oh, here's the first, yeah, you know, first ten, fifteen minutes is the origin, and then we just get right into the meat of things. Well, see, I'm of two minds of this, and and here's why: on one side of it, I could say. One side of it, I say we don't need that. That you know we can get away with you no know, ten, fifteen minutes of blah blah blah. You don't and then say. get on with the story. <laughs> but here's the other side of it: uh, Captain Marvel's world is really deep, you know, and it's like it's almost like can you get a, can you really get away with just fifteen minutes of blah 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 with Doctor Strange and then get on with the story. You really can't. You can't because that world is too deep. And I kind of feel like that's the same thing with uh, with uh, Captain Marvel because we're really starting to like with Guardians. You kind of dip. You're kind of dipping your toe into the cosmic aspect of the Marvel universe. With Captain Marvel, you're jumping in with both feet in the deep end. And I feel like that that requires a little more yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, Well, I'm going to steer us this direction. Speaking of seeing, Lego has this thing called Lego Ideas. Yeah. Which which is where builders get to submit their ideas. And I'm going to let you take it from here. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so... uh, This has been... This is an idea that's been kicking around, I believe, since... 2014 and so it looks like we are a step closer to getting the bus it's the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. bus and um, this would feature uh, the original team uh, including uh, everyone in I guess season 1 so you're getting Coulson, May uh, and uh so it'll be Colson, May, Trip, and uh, gosh, Ward, and also uh, Fitz Simmons, and I think you're getting all seven of the dwarves. Yeah, I think so. Also, and Daisy. Now, and this this thing, based on what I'm looking at, this thing is going is going to be huge. I, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the helicarrier. Uh, if you if you get a chance to see the helicarrier actually assembled, that thing takes up a lot of space, and it and it looks like that would be true for the bus. 
but as uh, Mike and I were going through this, uh, this bus does not have the uh, it doesn't have the cells in it. Uh, um, no landing gear. No, no landing gear. It doesn't even. Ha- it should have. Really, it should have Lola. It, it does have Lola. It does have Lola. I missed that. I missed that. Okay, so it has Lola. So there's that. My um, my issue with it is. It is a great design, but it's not your typical Lego kit. I mean, it's no, it's not. It's not, and but and it's like you said. Uh, if they if they were to pull this off, then you know they may as well be looking at doing. Well, now I know we can bring this up because it's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not related to our distinguished competition. Right. Well, a show that's near and dear to every geek's heart, I think, Firefly. If they're doing the bus, we they may can do well Serenity. we be looking forward to Serenity. Yeah. So, yeah, so, now, I don't know. It looks like this is in the final stages, stages of... Um, well, it's, it's in the review process at this point. Um because the, the model has to reach 10,000 supporters, which this did with no problem. Uh, right. Let me see if I can find it on Lego Ideas. Like, if we... And I... I you know, I already told the wife... <laughs> I said, you know... Uh, the, 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 I said, this has to happen. <laughs> you know? Well... I, I, I just don't know where to put the thing. Because it's... it's I, I can't... I just don't know where in the world it would go. And uh, if you guys, if you want more of this story, uh, this was on CBR.com. Um, uh, it, uh, it, it was a story that came up like three days ago. I saw this, and at first I wasn't sure about sharing it, but... See, according to Lego Ideas, this would include ten minifigures. Uh, Colson, May, Ward, Fitz, Simmons, Sky. Agent Hand, Agent Triplet, Agent Garrett, and Deathlock. Ah, so so it, so it is pretty much a season one cast. Yeah, yeah. But the only th- mm. the, the, uh, no, I almost like there. There's another one. Mm-hmm. I might need to just log in so I could I could cast my vote. Uh, there's another one. It's uh, I, I almost see this one being selected over that one. It's called Agent. Uh, the kit's called uh, Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. It has um, a shield base, Lola, and a black four by four. Hold on, I'm. I, it, it, where uh, is that? Um, what's that website? Because I'm totally going there now. It's uh, Lego Ideas. Uh, ideas. Lego. Com. Sent you a link. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, but no, I mean this kit is pretty cool because it, it has the quote unquote base. Right. Um, the two car. Oh, Lola looks. I think it looks a. Uh, eh, I'm split between this Lola and the other. Um, but the four by four looks pretty cool. 
Especially with the shield logo on it. Whoa. So, oh, see, now you gotta make me take a... Uh, I don't know, dude. That's... I like that. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um... I tell you guys, uh, if you want to, if you want to do something to ensure that you have more shield in your life, uh, uh, log in to ideas.lego.com and uh, check out the sets and vote. Uh, yeah. It looks like it looks like for the bus, there's 91 days left. Um, let's see how many do we? Oh, and only four days left for the. Uh, is four four days left for the uh, agent agents of shield set, but it looks like they're needing they're needing a lot. A lot. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, one guys, I would like to see, but I don't think it's gonna happen. No, yeah, you know, because by the time you guys get this, it's gonna be down to like a day. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, I mean, this site is pretty pretty decent. Right. There's a lot of fun stuff on it. So, uh, speaking of fun stuff, mm-hmm. let's let's hit this. Five of the biggest Marvel Hill turns. Okay. Uh, coming in number five, Daredevil. When he decides to jump over to the hand. Oh, you know what? I'm reading that story right now. <laughs> N- number four. Uh-huh. Could be said with two words. Hail Hydra. Uh, although, you know, technically, that was not a full-on turn. Does no. Do they really count that? Uh, comicbook.com is counting this. This is where this list came from. Really? Yeah, that Steve Rogers, Captain America number one, with the final final uh, panel being Hail Hydra. Yeah, they're counting that. Despite the fact he was mind-controlled. Uh, you know what, see, no, it, you have to... Like, okay, in, at least with Matt Murdock, he consciously chose to do what he did. Yeah. That wasn't mind control. No. no, that's just questionable life choices on his behalf. Um, right. Well, number three is Scarlet yeah. Witch. Mm, okay, she she's a little off anyway, but okay. Yeah. Number two, Hulk. Hmm. Uh, okay, uh, although to be fair, he's a rage monster, so I really can't hold him to what he does. But okay, right. and then number one, uh huh, Jean Grey slash the Phoenix. <clears throat> I don't know how I feel about that one, man. Again, that one was beyond her ability. That, that like uh, of all five of these, only one of them. Was consciously done. Yeah. So who would you put? Who would you swap out instead? Let me think. Um, okay. Okay. So I would say Matt definitely deserves to be there. 
Uh, I would say. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know what? Although he's although he's a jerk anyway. Uh, let, I say Namor. Namor should be in there for the times that he, you know, they, there were times when he did some really questionable stuff, you know. Um, I would say Namor deserves to be in there. Yeah. Uh, I would say. Uh, um. Man, that 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 that's a tough. Cause see, the thing is, I'm trying to not count the ones where it was outside of their control. You know. Um, what about Scott Summers? Yeah, yeah, Scott. Cause Scott's a jerk. Yeah, you know what, Scott. When well, when Scott. Um, yeah, yeah, Scott would deserve. Scott would deserve to be in there. Truth is. Wolverine would deserve to be in there as well. Yeah. yeah. Especially when he was one of the horsemen of the apocalypse. And I would say uh, you know, no. There's 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 been a couple of times that Professor Xavier did some questionable stuff, but he never he never right, right. Fully crossed the line. Yeah. Well. Um, so I don't wreck your Psy- brain even more. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Who's your last one? Psylocke. Okay. I would say I would say Psylocke because I think she. There's been there's been some times where she willfully crossed the line. Um. She eventually would regret and come back, of course, but yeah. Right. Well, so I don't rack your brain anymore. Uh huh. I'll put some good. I'll, I'll put some Shazbot goodness in to it. And that would be for picks of the week. The Pow Pow is our picks uh-huh. of the week. And the song comes courtesy of the Shazbots. Um, Excuse me. Uh, Jarvis has got something for us. Uh, Jarvis, is it on the computer? Affirmative. Okay, then I'm going to look <laughs> this up. I, I wonder what's going on. I'm not seeing anything. Uh, wait. Hey guys, it's me. Um, listen, I wish I could be there right now, but I can't. I'm in the Shield version of Timeout, and that's because I've done a very, very bad thing. Yes, a top level 10 no-no. I touched Lola. Anyway, here are my picks for the week for New Comic Book Day, October 19th. That explains the Civil Air Patrol assignment. You know, just when you think that he was off doing some level ten good stuff, it was level ten bad stuff. Don't don't uh, you know you don't even pass gas near Lola. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh Jarvis, if you would continue playing this. Uh, my number one pick is a number one, and it's the same number one from last week. Uh, Deadpool Too Soon, number one. 
My thought is, if it's being delayed, if it keeps coming up week after week, I'm going to keep picking it week after week until the intern finally submits the paperwork and it actually gets published. So this is the third week in a row that he's posted up this book. <laughs> you know, anyway, so go ahead. He's gonna, you know, what's gonna happen? He's gonna say, "Hey, Kylan, can you pick this for me?" And I'll pick it, and that's the week it'll come out. <laughs> True. One has murdered Forbush Man. Could someone be targeting all of Marvel's funniest characters for death? That's what Deadpool thinks. And now he's got to act before someone bumps off Squirrel Girl, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Ant-Man, Howard the Duck, and the Punisher. Like we said, the funny characters. Good thing Deadpool is renowned for his investigative skills. Number two pick of the week is Deadpool Back in Black, number two. Written by Cullen Bunn, penciled by Salvador Espin. During 1984's Secret Wars, Deadpool was introduced to an alien symbiote that went on to become Spider-Man's black costume. And eventually Venom. Okay, okay, maybe that really happened in Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars. Point is, did you know that after Spider-Man rejected the costume, it went sleeking back to Deadpool on the rebound? They went on an adventures together? Well, you didn't? Well, you will now, thanks to this series by Cullen Bunn, the Deadpool Kilogy, and Salva Espin, Deadpool and the Mercs for Money. And my final pick of the week is The Mighty Thor number 12, written by Jason Aaron, penciled by Russell Dodderman. Forged from the mystical metal known as Uru, Thor's hammer is the key to a power that only the worthy can wield. But what makes one worthy to carry this weapon? Is it destiny, or does the hammer choose its partner? Discover the storied history of Thor's greatest ally, the mighty Mjolnir. Okay, those are my picks, and, well, I kind of got to get back in timeout. I got to get in the corner with Baby, because apparently I put Baby in the corner, too, and that's the other thing that Coulson really, really hates. So take care, guys, and hopefully I'm out of detention by next week. Okay, so um, I guess we'll move on. Tell you what, I'll okay. I'll go in the number two slot. Um, there you go, dude. My first pick of the week is Han Solo number five. This is it, the dramatic conclusion to the Dragon Void race. Will Han take the trophy, or will or be left in with the space junk? Our favorite scoundrel's first miniseries comes to a photo finish. So I wonder if there's a second one planned. Hmm. So that's my first book of the week. Cool. Okay, well, uh, my first book is uh, number 11. S.H.I.E.L.D., number 11. Uh, and it was... Uh, the oh, Wow. Wow, okay. Um, I just noticed that this book was actually added... To Marvel Unlimited, so I guess this book was re-released. <laughs> wow! Uh, uh, are you sure you're looking at the right date for it? Yeah, it says um, I, I I put in like for this week, and this book came up it says published October twenty first, twenty fifteen, but it was with their twenty sixteens. Okay, wait. It's, it's nuts. Ooh, which book are we looking at? We're looking at Shield number eleven, and I was. It is not. Well, on, it's not here. 
wow, you know what? You, you went to enter and it jumped you back. It did jump me back. Um, so scratch that. Reverse it. Scratch that. Reverse it. Uh, give me a second. Oh, my God. I kept looking. I'm like, why are they talking about... Okay, give me a minute. No. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe that. Are all your are all your picks from 2015? All my picks are from 2015. It, you know what? Every now and then, it will do that. Like, I'll put in... Like, you know, like, I'll, I'll hit... Show me all the... Including the variants... Right. It's somewhere in there, like after I hit show me the variants, uh, sometimes every once in a while, it'll kick me back a year. And I'm like, and, and no, normally I'll catch it because it's like, I'm like, well, okay. And hold on. So, yeah, because see, right there, that's the week of nine. October 9th to October 15th. I didn't want that one. I want... Well, you want 16, 16 through 22. Okay, and I don't know what in the world... And second row, second row should have your first pick. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm like... I was sitting there and I'm like, what happened to all my books that normally come out? Like, okay, maybe it's just a weird week. Okay, I, I'll I'm be gonna, okay. I'm going to be... I'm going to give a prediction. Um, Black Panther number seven. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, okay, you're right. Oh, and there it is, Black Widow number seven. And let me see. Um, There's Doctor Strange number 13. Is it? You know what? I think that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, because... Wait, see, but dang, but then there's there's Captain America, Sam Wilson. Yeah. But, you know... I mean, this is a tough week this week. Cause I this had, is a tough week. I had a Patsy Walker um, Hellcat out this week that I, I didn't pick. Okay. Uh, okay, here's what we'll do. Uh, this will just be, see, see, boom, boom, boom. see li, li, all you listeners out there. This is how Kylan usually picks his books each week. <laughs> yeah, well, see, there are certain books I just know they're going to come out every week. And I just thought it was weird that all the books I normally pick just weren't out. And then all of a sudden I'm like, the, this is what we get for shield being that. This is what we get for having Shields Department or the redundancy Department of Redundancy Department interject themselves into the volcano lair. Exactly. I, I, I kept thinking I was like I did not. I was about to even ask you guys what happened to what happened to Black Widow because I haven't seen Black Widow in about a month, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that's because I was looking at last year before the book even came out. So yep. you know. Yep. Okay. So, so, which okay, one would be so your first pick, and uh, we'll go from there. Is, my first pick is going to be. Uh, let's go with Black Widow number seven, and that will be. Oh my gosh! All right, kids, 
listen to Uncle Kylan and uh, eat your vegetables and just say no and stay in school, all right? Um, so, all right, so Black Widow number seven. Lion Tamer starts now. Now that Natasha knows the Weeping Lion's secret, she's in control of his very particular set of skills. Natasha plans to use him to destroy the Red Room's reincarnation, the Dark Room. But she'll have to face Recluse, the daughter of the Red Room's headmistress, who's fixated on killing Natasha to prove her worth. The writers are Mark Wade and Chris Samney. The penciler is Chris Samney, and the cover artist is Chris Samney. So Chris is doing double duty on this book. Okay. All right. Look, I'm sorry about that little show back there, but... <laughs> well, my, my number two pick is the unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 13. And just look at her on that cover. Uh, writer is Ryan North. Penciler is Erica Henderson. Uh, someone's taking over the continental U.S. U- United States, but Squirrel Girl is stuck in bo- boring old Canada. Uh oh. Uh oh. And I think I hear Dawn in the background. <laughs> Based on these comments, uh, Canada's not actually that boring. Though, did you know that we have the world's largest covered bridge in Heartland, New Brunswick? It's true. I've seen it. It's pretty long, I guess. Anyway, enough about Canada. We're here to find out why you should buy this comic. Reasons include fights, teamwork, continental USA domination, and a little guest star who you'll find a tiny bit familiar. Everyone is at least a little bit into this guy, and I can't imagine why you wouldn't you not being excited to discover who it is. Anyway, yeah, it's Ant Man. I, you know, I'm loving that Ant Man is getting all the love now. Yeah, yeah. So your number two pick? Well, my number two pick is just like you guessed. It's going to be. Uh, Black Panther, number seven. Uh, and the... There we go. Um, and the writer is Tanahisi Coates. And uh, the penciler... And the penciler is Chris Sprouse. And the cover artist is Brian Stelfreeze. The crew starts now. With no one left to trust, T'Challa leans on his day ones. Luke Cage, Missy Knight, Storm. But Wakanda may be gone too, maybe too far gone for this all new, all different crew. Wow. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a heck of a crew. Yeah, it is. It really is. Well, my third pick of the week is Spider Gwen number thirteen. Writer is Jason Latour. Penciler is Robbie Rodriguez. Gwen and the Mary Janes go to a haunted house for a laugh. But Earth 65 Mysterio will show them how serious haunting can be. That's it. Okay. Well, then, you know what? I am going to jump in with... Let's go with Sam Wilson. Captain America Sam Wilson. Number 14. Uh, The writer is... 
Oh, Eric isn't here. Nick Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) Penciler as Paul Renaud. And the cover artist is Marcos Martin. Love you, Eric. I swear. Wait, Um, I I think I hear something coming from the timeout area. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot nicer than what you said last time we brought him up. Um, Take Back the Shield starts now. Man, that's a lot starting now. Um, The world has received an ultimatum. Peace in our time or face the fury of the Flag Smasher. Amid cries of hashtag take back the shield, Sam Wilson stands against a rising tide, but he's not alone. Guest starring in this issue, Steve Rogers, Captain America. Only Steve has a secret. Wow. Well, cool. So those are our yeah. picks for this week. Um, now, I get I got the privilege of the Marvel Unlimited pick for this week. And... Um, I'm just going to say, I'm going to start off with the characters for you. Okay. Supporting characters. Wenda Wester. Son of Satan. Tell me if you get an idea who this is. The villains. It's the first appearance of Dr. Reich. Reverend June Moon Yuck. And Yuckies. Other characters. The demon. The star child. The cat. The space ace. A.K.A. Kiss. Dude, the the featured character it can only be one person. Uh-huh. It's Howard the Duck number thirteen from nineteen seventy seven. Wow! With the rock band Kiss materializing out of Windows Mine, panic erupts in the sanitarium. After subduing the security, the cat man tells Howard the word, which is when you meet reality head on, kiss it, smack it in the face, before disappearing back into Wanda's or Wanda's mind. Um, but not before one of the sanitarium nurses can snap a picture of the spectacle. Meanwhile, Barbara grabs Wenda while Cecil keeps Howard restrained. I've jumped ahead a lot, so you're forced to read this. Read this book. Um, Howard is eventually (laughs) knocked out and left in the padded cell by himself. In Dr. Reich's office, Reverend Yuck, who survived the house explosion back in uh, 11... Issue 11 is meeting with Dr. Reich to see Winda and perform a ceremony himself. So that is my pick. A little, little craziness going into Halloween. Um, but Howard the Duck and Kiss. <laughs> Come on. Uh, writer is Steve Gerber. Penciler is Gene Colon. Um, the editor on this was Steve Steve Gerber as well. Wow. So. Man. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> you know, and I think, looking back on it, like, I never realized until I got older that Kiss has always been in comics. Yeah. Yeah. No? So, for the pick, sorry if I disappointed a lot of people, but ah. it's me. Should you be surprised? <laughs> 
Well, I'm sitting there like, well, you know, and I told you at the beginning of the show, I, I wasn't surprised of the book, but I'm always, and I won't look at, I won't look at whatever the pick is until, uh, you know, I want, I want to be surprised in that way as well. Because I, I was totally thinking that you were doing um, when he was on the Letterman show. Late night oh. with David Letterman. Oh, I gotta figure out which episode, which issue that is. That because um my I see that when I see that issue in my comic shop, and I remember being a kid seeing that issue, and I never I kicked myself because I never got it. I, I want to get the one where he's, which was one of my picks in the past, where um he's running for president. Oh, so. Um, but yeah, that's that's Marvel Unlimited pick. Uh, Howard the Duck, number 14, from 1977. And that was such a great run, too, with Gerber. Mm-hmm. So, uh, any final thoughts? Uh, no. Then, if that's the case, Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. So Eric went and touched Lola. You know, I think, I think I would, I would never think of doing that. He couldn't blame it on Mac. Would you blame it on Mac? He's the, he's the junior agent. Yeah, but he also, he has a shotgun axe. No, no, no. Mac. Eric's son. Oh, oh yeah, that Mac. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, the guy who I just Mac all the time. The, the guy who graduated from from toilets to mopping floors. So. 